wanted to start tonight um, just by sharing something from last week. Um, if, you, if you were here last week, um, a couple of people came up and did prophetic words. And um, I said after they'd spoken that sometimes, um, you know, I encourage our people to, to give their words whether someone actually puts their hand up or not. Because sometimes we, try, we, like, we might remember later. Okay, I, I, and funny enough, last week I was actually one of those people. Because yeah, my, my wife um, didn't hear the words. She was doing something in the back, and she asked me, so what were the words? And I said, well, one of them was about someone who had food poisoning. Um, but no one stuck their hand up. And she said, well, you had food poisoning, you know? <laughs> and normally I would remember that sort of thing, because I hate food poisoning, but it, it, I did, it just slipped my mind. Um, and so um, I, you know, I, I spoke to Nicholas, and he gave me the word. It was great. Um, one of the other ones was about someone who was allergic to grapefruit, if you remember that. Um, and we got home, and um, Joseph said to me, hey, isn't Luke Ansbach allergic to grapefruit? And he's one of our elders who left about three weeks ago to live in South Carolina. Um, you know, sometimes the, word, the Lord gives words. Um, now it takes a little bit longer for them to sit. But I wanted just to honor the prophets who had spoken, as it were, with those words of knowledge. Um, they, they had an impact. All right. So... Um, to the new people, um, welcome again to Kingdom Life. We, we actually, we, we're kind of starting a new series, but it's a series that we were supposed to start a while ago, and we kind of started, then we stopped, and now we're starting again. Um, it, is my, it is my hope that we will stick with it, okay? And we're um, going to be talking about spiritual gifts. All right. It's not too scary. Okay, you should smile, you should laugh. It's scripture, okay? Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of... I, I want to say some things about, about the Holy Spirit, and I want to say a few things about power. Um, if, you, if you haven't been in this body, I've been talking about the Holy Spirit and abiding and living water and things about 18 months, okay, which I know has exhausted some of you, um, but I blame you guys for not getting it, okay? The Lord's, you know, He's been wanting to repeat until we actually get it. Um, and I do believe now that He wants to release us um, to really talking about the gifts. Um, if you want to, you know, we have podcasts with, with more, you know, with sermons on abiding and on living water. So go and listen to those if, if, you, if you want to. Um, and it's, it's, it's funny to me how spiritual gifts are, are something that can be so controversial and so divisive, um, given that they are so central to the gospel. Um, and, you know, obviously I'm going to blame people for that for getting it wrong. But I, I want us, and, I, and I, believe, I believe there's actually a grace tonight for us to put away negative experiences that we might have, we might have had, bad theology we might have heard. I think Jesus wants to meet us tonight. And so particularly for those um, who, who may have had a bad experience, Maybe, you, maybe you've grown up in a church where you never heard a sermon on the, on the gifts of the Spirit. Maybe you heard a sermon on the gifts of the Spirit, but it was kind of negative. Like, be careful of those things. I believe there's a grace. There's a grace to come alive in the hope and the promise of the gifts of the Spirit. So I, I'm just going to, I'm going to set the scene a little bit. Um, and, you know, I think everything I'm going to say is just so obvious. 
But it is remarkable to me how often we can read scripture and not get the obvious. We have grown up in churches where we just don't hear the full truth of scripture. Um, you know, and, and as a small side note, now obviously, you know, we, always, we all... We all change as we grow and, and, we, when we, and we, we experience more of God and we learn more about God. Um, you know, I, I've shared that when I was about 10 or 11, if I had seen a guitar in church, I would have called it heresy and blasphemy, you know? Because you only worship the Lord in an organ, okay? That's like, I don't, I don't know why, but that's, that's what I thought, you know? And a drum set, that was even worse. And now I love it, you know? Um, obviously, the Lord had some things to get out of my system, some religious lies. And there's nothing... And there's, there's nothing that the devil will go after more than those things that make us powerful for the kingdom of God. Okay? He loves going after our identity. He loves making us feel like orphans and not like sons and daughters of God. He loves making us feel powerless. He loves making us think that God doesn't love us and won't use us. And the spiritual gifts are things that the devil loves to go after, loves to distort. Um, and... I, I want us to kind of give Jesus a clean slate tonight. Okay. Give him a clean slate. Let him speak to us afresh. Let's lay down bad experiences, bad theology, etc., etc. Now, the reality um, of the gospel, yikes, sorry. The reality of the gospel, you know, if, if, we, if we think of, of, of the kingdom of God like our hand, and, you know, so I, I'm called to be a good father, and I'm called to be a good husband. I'm called to be good at my job. You know, that's something that honors God. I'm called to love the people around me. I'm called to serve. There's all these things, maybe I need two hands, I need more fingers, all these things that, that flow out of the gospel. And part of, part of me speaking on the Holy Spirit for so long and abiding for so long, you know, we, as good Christians, we'll say, well, Jesus is there. But then normally, like, we make the Holy Spirit one of those things. Okay, like, I might know the Holy Spirit. Rather than the truth of the gospel, which is say the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ. It is central. That is the Spirit, the power of the Spirit. And the gifts of the Spirit that are included in His power have to flow through all of those things that I do. Otherwise, I'm just doing things in my own strength. Maybe with the, you know the influence of Christ. But more often than not, if I'm in that position, nor, more often than not, I'll kind of focus on the, on, the, on the works and the fruits and I'll kind of ask God to bless those things with his presence rather than walking into those things constantly in the flow of his guidance and the flow of his spirit. So, <clears throat> I want us tonight to let scripture be our standard. Now, I, I, haven't, I haven't given a quote by Andrew Murray in a while, so forgive me, but I have to do one tonight. And I, we need to hear from another South African. Be not content with your ordinary reading of the word or what you already know of its doctrines. If you are in earnest to know the spirit, go and search the word, especially with this view, as one thirsting to drink deeply of the water of life. Gather together all the word says of the Spirit, his indwelling and his work, and hide it in your heart. Be determined to accept nothing but what the word teaches, but also to accept heartily of all it teaches. Another language is slightly old-fashioned. Okay, but what he's saying is like this book, this is our standard. 
And often as Christians, we say, yes, this is our standard, but then we pick and choose those things that we are comfortable with. And Andrew would say to us, if you're going to make this your standard, if you're going to choose to uh, be obedient to it, and you, and, you, and you judge all things by this, which we should do, then you also have to do all that it says. You don't get to pick and choose. You don't get to say, well, I want to be a son or daughter of God, but the Holy Spirit isn't important. Or I don't need to think about the spiritual gifts. All of it is available to us if it's our standard. And that should excite us. I've, I've said this before, but it's going to be something that I'm going to say over and over and over again. And I do believe the greatest challenge that we face in terms of accepting the gifts of the Spirit, um, particularly as Western Christians, is that we can't control the Holy Spirit. Okay, and, 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 and I really want us to internalize that. Like, there, there are other gifts that the Lord gives, which are amazing, and they're important. The gifts of administration, the gifts of teaching. You know, and these are things like, I can maybe make myself a good teacher, and I can practice good administration, but those are things that I can do in my own strength. Like, I cannot heal you in my own strength. I can pretend to prophesy, but if I, want my, if I want prophecy to have any power, I can't do it in my own strength. I might speak in a strange language. I could speak Afrikaans now. You might think I'm speaking in tongues, but it would have no authority of the Spirit. Like I, I, I can't control the Holy Spirit. We can't control the Holy Spirit. And, you, and it's so uncomfortable, uncomfortable for us as Western Christians. Because ultimately, it calls us into total and complete surrender. And that is the thing we probably hate the most. <laughs> so let's, um, let's look at some obvious things. Okay. Now, I know this is going to sound absurd. Okay, Brandon. Okay. So if we think about the gifts of the Spirit, if we want to think of them as peripheral, or maybe not necessary, um, how do we view the life of Jesus that Scripture portrays? So John 10, Jesus says, If I'm not doing the works of my Father, then do not believe me. But if I'm doing them, even though you do not believe me, believe the works themselves, so that you may know and understand that the Father is in me, and I am in the Father. In John 14, in the same theme, he says, Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to the Father. Now, what would happen if Jesus meets the leper on the road, and he gives him a piece of bread, and he gives him a clean tunic, and he says, I love you, go in peace. Or if he goes to the grave of Lazarus and hugs Mary and Martha and says, I'm so sorry, and goes about his business. Or if the woman who had bleeding for 12 years, I think it was, was to touch him and he was to say, I'm sorry you're suffering. Like, would we still be talking about Jesus today? Would he be the son of God? 
if you strip the miracles out of Jesus' ministry, if you strip the miracles out of his kingdom, we lose most of the Gospels. So I know that might sound absurd, but can you imagine Jesus without miracles? He prophesied. He had words of knowledge. He made fish appear. He healed. He raised the dead. He had, he had prophetic visions. He displayed the wonders of the gifts. And yet it comes to us, and Jesus tells us that if we believe in him, we will do the works that he does, and we think that we can somehow build the kingdom without the gifts of the Spirit. It's like Jesus needs them, but we don't. Um, and maybe we just think, hey, Jesus, the kingdom's yours. You've got this. But then we remember that Jesus tells us that actually we are responsible for spreading the gospel. And the things that he says to us, and I'll just say a few of them, link to this idea of the Spirit and the gifts. In Luke 9, while he's still with his disciples, it says, And he called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all the demons and to heal diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to perform healing. Miracles. In Luke 24, he says, And behold, I am sending forth the promise of my Father upon you, but you are to stay in the city until you're clothed with power from on high. And we know he says a similar thing in Acts 1, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Like Jesus doesn't say to Peter on the beach, go and form a non-profit. Go and form a political action committee and agitate for change. Okay, he says, go and wait to be filled with the Spirit. And we notice that when they do that and when the Spirit comes, everything changes. Everything changes. The kingdom changes. And sometimes we might, um, we might fall into this lie, this trap, that somehow seeking the gifts of the Spirit is, is selfish, or that is self-focused. And nothing could be further from the truth. The gifts of the Spirit, the way that we see them in the New Testament is always about expanding the kingdom of God, about bringing healing, about bringing restoration. And you'll notice, too, that when the Spirit moves and we see miracles start happening, we also see an expansion of love. We see an expansion of serving others. We see the kingdom in all of its fullness, that these things go together. It's never either or. Where the Spirit is, love will flow. Acts of kindness will flow, because that is the fruit of the Spirit that accompanies His gifts. Now, I was going to speak on tongues tonight, um, just because it's the one that kind of freaks people out the most. Um, and I don't really know why, but it tends to. Um, and I, I just want to, I, I want to start with it tonight, because I, I thought I could cram it into a sermon, but you know what? There's just a lot to say. And so I, I want to I start, and then we'll see if, you know, some of you probably won't come back next week for the second, but don't be scared. Um, 
quick story, and some of you have heard me share this before, but a few years ago when I gave my very first sermon on speaking in tongues, a Taylor student was in this building. And he had been told that tongues was basically evil and bad, and et cetera, et cetera. He grew up in the church. He didn't come back to kingdom life for three years. But for whatever reason, he felt the Lord saying, you need to go back. The night that he sat in this, in this church, I preached for the second time on speaking in tongues. <laughs> and he thought, okay, there's something going on here. And later that week, he went to a home group and was filled with the Spirit and got the gift of tongues. And that changed his theology somewhat from what he had been raised to believe. It's amazing what actually experiencing God can do to your theology, if your theology is wrong. Um, so just be warned, if you don't come back, like three, four years, we'll see you soon. You know, well, maybe you'll see you again. Um, <laughs> but I hope you do. I hope you do. Um, so um, I want to talk about tongues. It, 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 is, it is one that has caused division. And, I, and, I, and again, I want you to have an open, what's a clean slate, sorry. Have an open heart. Okay, as I speak, and I'm just going to share quickly, I'm going to come back to this, I'm going to deal more in this, in scripture, particularly what Paul says in, in Corinthians 14, 14. but um, why tongues? So, um, the gifts of the Spirit are often weird, let's be honest, um, and tongues is probably the most odd, but, and this is really important, it is the first thing that the Lord does with the Apostles. So when we, when we think about Pentecost and the, Holy, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, what comes from that is this boldness that fills the apostles. That Peter is filled with boldness and he preaches. He goes from a man of fear to a man of courage. And we know that the church has added to you know, several thousand people join the church. But people meet the Holy Spirit and the next thing they have is the gift of tongues. Then comes boldness, and, the, and, and these words are uttered to the people. Before anyone is healed, before a prophecy is given, gift of tongues is given. Okay, and it's a weird gift, because for someone to suddenly get a new language is weird. I'm terrible at languages. I studied Afrikaans for 12 years, and I can just about speak it, okay? Um, the idea of getting a language instantly is, 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 is so bizarre. Um, and God goes even kind of further because it, he goes from not just giving like human languages, but also giving angelic languages, which often just sound like complete nonsense. You know? It's so weird. Tyler? It's a bit weird. And when... <laughs> When we look at what Paul says in Corinthians 14, I'm going to go into this more detail next week, like I said. But the other strange thing, thing about tongues is that Paul says that it is ultimately internal, that it is for our edification. And often in church, when we hear about speaking in tongues, that's the verse that is focused on. Um, and it's not the full truth, okay? Because if Paul was to say that tongues had no external, then Pentecost made no sense, and he would never say that. 
So when he's talking about it being about personal edification, he's really talking to the Corinthians about the order of a service and, and how, to, how to bring the prophetic and how to bring the gifts of the Spirit into the church. Okay, but he does say this thing that it's about personal edification. And he says it's because we speak to God when we speak in tongues. And, and this is another thing that's slightly frustrating about the gift of tongues, is like, that's a clue, and it makes sense to me, that if I'm speaking to God, that's going to be good for me. You know, like going to gym is good for me. Going on a diet is good for me. But in those cases, I can actually tell you, like if I lift this many weights, or if I stop eating this food, I can actually explain to you why those things are good for me. But when it comes to speaking in tongues, Paul just says, you're speaking to God, and you're edified. And can I say that just the, the most fundamentally basic thing that if God designed this gift, it is good. Okay, it's not to say that humans can't mess it up and be stupid with it, but can we agree that if God designed this, it is good. And if it's good and it's from God, then I should want it. I know that's really obvious, but I just think it needs to be said, because some of us maybe have never even thought of that at that most fundamental level. And, and I don't know why God did this, um, but there's this, there's this thing about language. Okay, that when, when we speak, if I'm going to communicate to Matt, if I'm going to share my heart with him, I don't always just mock him and tease him. I do actually have serious conversations. That language is the way that I share my heart, isn't it? And language is also the way that I share what's in my mind. It's how I express who I am. There's something about God using language that is so powerful. But if you don't speak in the gift of tongues, okay, I'll talk about this more next week. The, the weird thing about the gift of tongues is that although you control it and it comes and you choose with your mind to start speaking, it doesn't process in your brain like a normal language. Okay, you're not choosing the words like with your mind. It flows out of your spirit. And I believe that one of the things that God is saying when he gives us this, this, this gift of the Spirit is that it is evidence that we never lose, that will always remind us that he is in us. And he is partaking with us in this most intimate of thing, our speech, that he is joining. Instead of our speech coming from our mind or our heart, our speech comes from our spirit and is joining with his spirit and it's flowing out of us, and it is so intimate. And that is a beautiful thing. And as we think about Paul's words that we are edified, it might seem that this is um, kind of selfish, again, self-focused. Of all the gifts, this is maybe one that fits into that category the easiest. Um, and so I've, 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 shared, I've shared this story before, probably twice every time I speak, in, speak on this topic, I, I speak about Jackie Pollinger. Um, but some of you haven't heard the story, and it's a story that I will say every time I preach on tongues because it needs to be heard. Um, and I'll finish with this story because it speaks so powerfully to this gift. 
So Jackie was, um, actually don't even know how old she is now, 60s or 70s. Um, when she was an, in her early 20s, she went from England to the slum of Hong Kong, which doesn't exist anymore, but it was regarded as one of the worst slums in the world, full of prostitution and opium addicts and heroin addicts. Um, and she just felt compelled to go and serve in this community. I would say that that was the spirit operating in her, calling her to these people who were so destitute. And she, you know, she set up her ministry her, um, in the slum, and she worked, and she worked, and she worked, and she worked, and she tried to love people, and she tried to bless people. And she did good work. But she was so frustrated by the fact that she wasn't seeing people transformed. Like she could, she could help with the pain, and she could help with the hunger, and she could help with the disease, but nothing real changed. And after serving for several months, she met a missionary couple, um, and this missionary couple asked her, do you speak in tongues? And she said, yes, I have the gift, but I never use it. And they challenged her, and they said, we believe the Lord is telling you that you need to speak in tongues. And she, she said, yes, I will do that. And so for a few minutes every day, she spoke in tongues. In obedience, she spoke in tongues. Now, if we believe Paul, this was edifying of her spirit. She was speaking to God. That the connection between her and God was increasing. Again, I don't know exactly how that works, okay? But something in her was growing and changing. Because after doing this for a while, she prayed for someone who was sick, and they were healed. And she prayed for prostitutes, and they realized that they were loved by God, and they, and they came off the street. And the most amazing miracles were when she started to pray for addicts. And not only were they healed in the moment, but they suffered no withdrawal symptoms. Zero. Now this woman loves more than any I've ever known. She was pouring her life out. She was doing the good works of the gospel. But if you ask Jackie, is your love enough? Are your works enough? She would have just said no. Like unless the spirit is flowing through my hands, through my prayers, through what I do, I'm not making a difference. After several years, that slum was pulled down by the Chinese government because it was an embarrassment, and Jackie moved into mainland China. And she's still looking after orphans and addicts. Her whole life given to the service of the most broken in society. And as I look at, I look at that story, and I, and I think of Paul's words that tongues is about edifying our, ourselves, I look at her and what she did, and I see the kingdom flowing out of her. Now, do we honestly ever think that God would give us a gift that is only about us? It's like it makes no sense. His heart is always for the expansion of the gospel, for the expansion of the kingdom. Next week, I will um, I'll go into this in more detail. I'll go into this gift. We'll look at some more scripture. We'll look at Corinthians 14 in more depth. And I'll tell some more stories um, 
of where I've seen it, where I've seen the gift of tongues operate. And I've seen it in intercession, and I've seen it in the prophetic, and I've seen it in warfare. And I've seen it edify. And I've seen the Spirit flow through it and bless others. That is a beautiful gift. So before I pray, I wanted to say, um, and I said this a few months ago, will we start to get excited about the gifts of the Spirit? One of the reasons why I tell that story about Jackie Pullinger was that I received the gift of tongues through her ministry. And that means that she has blessed me beyond anything I can ever repay. When Jackie, when I, and I'll tell the short story quickly. When I was in high school, I was a senior in high school a long time ago, obviously. But Jackie came to our town and she was ministering to university students. There was a school about the size of Taylor there. And she was doing an evening session and she offered for people to come at the end and be ministered to, to receive the Spirit. And this group of, of students and high schoolers got together at the end and they held hands in a circle. And Jackie, Jackie stands there and this is a woman who operates in the gift of the Spirit and she off, operates in the gift of discernment and prof, the prophetic and, and miracles, frankly. Um, and she looks around the circle and she says, sorry to pick on the men, but this is the story. She says there are two men here who are here to mock God and not to receive him. And she said, the Lord sees you and he will get you. And literally, as she said that, two guys in the circle just dropped to the ground. Oh. Yeah. Man, that woman is scary. <laughs> and you know what happened? My school went from being about 10% Christian to being about 85% Christian. Experiencing the, the presence of God, reading scripture, worshiping. We couldn't actually contain the Friday evening youth group in the building that we used to meet because there were guys waiting outside because they had to know Jesus. Like you cannot tell me that the gifts of the Spirit being displayed do not build the kingdom because I've seen the hardest of hearts in the most rebellious of men be turned by an encounter with Jesus. And those encounters come through us. Jackie is amazing and I will forever respect her but she's just a woman who chose to surrender. And this room is full of men and women who can choose to surrender and say, yeah, Lord, I want that gift. So guys, be, be willing to get excited. Ask the Lord. Ask the Lord. Tyler, you prayed at rugby on Monday. And as you were praying, I just, I just felt the Spirit saying, like this man has the gift of faith. And you will see disease bow to the name of Jesus because you know that he can do it and will do it. I just believe that is part of your calling. Ask the Lord about that gift of faith. Maybe it's a gift of miracles, but I felt it was something more. Was, I felt like you were laughing at things that were not of God. And I saw that as faith.
So ask him about it. But ask, let's get excited. And, and, and if you're not used to hearing the voice of God, read scripture. Like read scripture until one of the operations of the spirit makes you excited and you feel your heart go, yes. Or come up to the front and say, I just don't know. Will you pray? Will you ask the Lord what he has for me? But let's not be passive. And let's not exclude ourselves. All right. And who knows? We might do this for five weeks. It might be 20. I don't know. Okay. We're like, yeah, that's up to the Lord. But next week we will do tongues part two. Okay. Um, and guys, please do come back. One of the things that I want to do is demystify. All right. So I'm going to have five or six or seven people not give many sermons, but just to say, this is how I got the gift. And just demystify it. Okay. So come next week just ready to meet Jesus and worship and see what happens. All right, will you stand with me and I'll, and I'll pray. So again, I just, I just want to say what I felt the Lord um, just telling me during worship, that, there, that there's grace for us to be able to lay down um, our, our negative experiences, bad theology, whatever it is, just these, these checks in our hearts that would, that would deny the Holy Spirit access to us. That would deny us surrendering. He's not going to force himself on us. He wants us to ask. To ask the Father for the good gift that he longs to give. So Jesus, I, I pray, Lord, I pray especially for those who have been told in churches that the gifts of your spirit are bad or evil or we should be wary of them or anything negative, Lord, that you would remove that lie from our spirits and from our hearts. Break that off, Jesus, in your name. And Lord, I pray that you would enable our reading of Scripture, that you will fill it. Lord, that if we are curious that this will be our standard and we will press into it and we will read about your Spirit. And Holy Spirit, that you will meet us and bring revelation of the standard that Jesus set and that that will be our standard and not the standard of man, but the standard of Jesus. And finally, Lord, will you speak to us? Will you, um, will you speak to us about the gifts that you have for us? Lord, the gifts you want us to pursue. And all these things, Jesus, what we ask above all else is that we would know you, that all of these things would flow out of intimacy with you, our God and our King, our Savior, our friend, the one who is worthy of our lives, of our love, of our surrender. 
We worship you, Jesus. We praise you. We give you all the glory and the honor. Lord, that is due to your name. In Jesus' name. Amen.